Don't let the little ones distract you. They aren't distracting me. Listen to the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. It says, I'm not overstating it when I say that the man who caused all the trouble hurt all of you more than he hurt me. Most of you opposed him, and that was punishment enough. Now, however, it's time to forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overcome by discouragement. So I urge you now to reaffirm your love for him. I wrote to you as I did to test you and see if you would fully comply with my instructions. When I forgive this man, I forgive him. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit. Now get this. So that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. Now, I know this is talking about like unforgiveness. But unforgiveness is not the only way that the enemy can get a hold of our life. We cannot and must not allow the enemy to get a hold of our life. Do you know the biggest device that Satan uses? Do you want to know what? It might surprise you, but it's you. The biggest device that Satan uses is you and it's me. It's, it's ourselves. And maybe you're thinking, how's that possible? How's that possible? Well, if the enemy can defeat you in your mind, then the enemy can defeat you in every aspect of your life. Now, how easy is it for Satan to get a foothold on our mind? Did anybody tell you what to think when you came in this morning? Nobody told you what to think when you came in here this morning. Nobody. But by using visual stimulation, I have been able to make all of you think about a big fluffy teddy bear playing a ukulele. All of you would have thought about a big fluffy teddy bear playing a ukulele this morning, even though nobody told you to think about that. How easy was it for me to make you think about something that you would not normally think about in any normal circumstances? How easy was it for me, a mere mortal man, to infiltrate your mind and make you think about something you wouldn't normally think about? Satan can get into our minds with all kinds of things. I mean, look at Moses. Look at Moses. The enemy got into his mind by making him think that he couldn't lead the Israelites out of Egypt because of the way that he spoke. Yet look how God used him. Think about David. He was just a shepherd boy. And because he was so young and just a shepherd boy who looked after the sheep, the enemy told his father that he was the least of the brothers. But yet look who he turned out to be. You see, man might look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. When I think back to when I was at school, not that long ago, I got bullied. Believe it or not, I got bullied. I was a wee skinny one of a person, believe it or not. I'm twice a man now. <laughs> but I was a wee skinny runt of a person who couldn't speak. I had such a bad, bad, bad stutter that I couldn't speak. I couldn't, I couldn't join into the conversations. But, but God called me to be a preacher. And yet some of you guys are going, you still can't speak right, Pastor. But here's the thing. For years and years, I thought I couldn't do anything. For years and years, I never entered into communication with anybody. I never learned social skills because I couldn't get the words in my head out of my mouth 
without making a complete mess of it. And it was easy. It was easy for me to let the devil into my mind. And it's easy for all of us, even now, to let the enemy into our minds because he will tell our, 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 our mind what our flesh wants to hear. So it was easier for me to stay silent and to say nothing than what it was for me to step up and, and step out of my comfort zone and step into the plan that God had for my life in those days. See, we have to stand strong against the enemy. We have to battle against the enemy with our minds. Because if we give the enemy a chance, he will destroy us. He will destroy you if you let him. And the ways that he can get to us are so simple, so easy. For example, be careful what you say to people. Be careful what you say to people. Because what we say to people can have a long-lasting effect on people's lives. Satan will use what we say to hurt people. For instance, be very careful what you say to your wife. Be very careful what you say to your husband or to your boyfriend or to your girlfriend. For instance, if you say to your wife, you know, darling, I love you, but you know, those jeans that you're wearing, they make your thighs look big. Now, not only, not only will she break your nose, but you can take it to the bank that she will never wear those jeans again. But not only that, you have now, or I have now, planted a seed that the enemy is going to use for his own pleasure. Because now, every time she gets dressed, she's going to ask herself, do I look fat in these? And every time she goes out with you, she's going to wonder if you think that she looks fat in what she's wearing. See, you've planted a seed. And the enemy will water that seed against her again and again and again and again. Because he's relentless. And again and again and again and again. And he'll never stop. Every day. Again and again. Every time she gets dressed. Every time she goes out. Every time. Again and again. See, we've got to pay attention with what we say. If you're with me so far, say amen. amen. If you're watching and you're with me, type amen. And you know, the enemy doesn't have to work all that hard. He doesn't have to work all that hard to get a hold of our lives. We make it easy for him. Anybody ever heard the term little sins? I bet you haven't. But I guarantee you that every person in this room and every person online commits these little sins and thinks nothing of them. Because they think they're just little. But this is a ploy of the devil. This is a ploy of the enemy. And they are obstructing our walk with God, whether we are aware of them or not. I'm trying to help you, not condemn you. I'm trying to help you realize and recognize that there's some things in your life that you got to get rid of. Some things in your life that you think are even so small, but they are affecting your walk with God. And that's how the enemy gets in. Because we're not, most of the time, we're not aware of these little sins as we call them. Sometimes we don't even notice them. Because we've all been brought up in our Christian lives. Hearing things like. Oh, Pastor you know the Lord knows what I'm going through. The Lord knows that I'm really trying not to do this thing. Or what about this classic. The Lord knows that I struggle in this area of my life. And he understands and he, and he forgives me anyhow. 
And yes, you're absolutely right. The Lord does know all of these things that we do in our lives. But don't be misled. God does not wink at sin. What they will do is they will keep us from the blessings that God has for our lives. They are the devil's, the enemy's tactics. I'm trying to stop using that word in here because the kids are here. It was difficult. That's the enemy's tactics. They're ploys that the enemy uses to keep us down, to keep us downtrodden, off and out of God's plan of our lives. They keep us off the word. They keep us away from God's blessings. And they need to be destroyed from out of our life. See, these little sins, this ploy is keeping the child of God away from their high calling. Because nothing destroys the seed of God's word more than little sins. This little sin thing will keep you stricken and defeated. It'll keep you away from God's best. And none of us want that. This is where the enemy tries to trick us with them. See, most of us, when we hit a dry patch, anybody ever hit a dry patch? Yeah, and you hit a dry patch, something difficult comes into your life, and you fall on your knees and you say, Go, oh God, please get me out of this situation. Please get me out of this circumstance. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't see any light at the end of the tunnel. Please, Lord, get me out of this, Father. When in fact, we might have been able to avoid the situation in the first place if we had been aware of the tactics of the enemy. Because when we become aware of the tactics, then we can resist him. Isn't that right? Do we really want the enemy to have any kind of control over our lives? Of course we don't, but he does. The things that can take hold of us through the way that we think. And the way that we think has a direct impact on the relationship that we have with God. Because the truth is, we are what we continually think. If you continually think little of yourself, if you continually think that you're worthless and useless and, and ugly and, and, and that no one likes you and no one loves if you continually have this mindset, guess what? You're going to start to believe it. You're going to start to live your life that way and act that way and feel that way and behave that way. See, greed, materialism, pride, self-interest, unthankfulness, gluttony, impatience, racism, apathy, tolerance. These are all some of the little sins as we call them. And they are the traps that the enemy sets out in front of us to try to destroy us. Who's ever had a mouse in the house? Anybody ever had a mouse in the house? Hoots, man. It's just loose to boot this hoots. We've all, we've all at one point had mice in the house. I was sitting on the sofa about a year ago. I was, Vail went to bed. I was sitting relaxing. And this mouse came out of the middle of the sofa and sat beside me. I was like, what? What? And what do you do when you get a mouse in the house? You get a mouse trap. And you set the mouse trap, you put a bit of cheese or a bit of chocolate in there, and you put it down where you see the mouse. And that night, the mouse looks out, he sees the mouse trap. He has no idea what it is. He sees the bait. He sees the thing that he likes. He sees the thing that he wants. And he goes to get it. And when he gets it, bam! Snap. He gets his neck broke, or he gets a wee nip. And he runs away. Let's not talk about getting his neck broke. But he runs away. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> Yes, they aren't paying attention to me, praise the Lord. But they get a wee nip and the mouse runs away. 
See, we're the same. Sometimes the enemy sets a trap right in front of us and we see it and we like it. We don't know if we should be doing it or not. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. We do it or we take it and, 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 and whack. We know we shouldn't have done that thing. We know we shouldn't have said that thing. We know we shouldn't have took that thing. So forth, so forth, and so forth. But then the mouse, but then you reset the trap, don't you? And you put the trap down, the mouse comes out. The mouse now sees the chocolate. It knows now. It wants the chocolate. It likes the chocolate. But if it takes the chocolate, it's going to get a nip. Sometimes the enemy resets the traps in front of us. And we see it. And we know here, I want that. I like that. But if I take that, it's not going to be good. Because I know I shouldn't be doing it. I know I shouldn't have it because God's word now. I now know God's word. And I know I'm not allowed to have it. But sometimes we can see that trap set right in front of us. And we take it anyway. And the mouse goes and takes it anyway. And we fall into the same trap again and again and again and again and again. I've heard some Christians say, Pastor, I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I can't help it. Don't be fooled. Sin is sin is sin is sin. No matter how small it is or no matter how big it is, it is all sin in the eyes of God. And we fall into the same trap again and again every day. It's the same thing. What is it going to take for us to start realizing the traps of the enemy in our lives? Because unless we realize them, we're not going to get rid of them. Well, here's the answer. It's the only answer, and it's the Word. It's the Word of God. How often do we read the Word? You wouldn't believe the amount of people that I meet or have in my office talking. And I ask them, when was the last time you read your Word? And they can't even remember. And they wonder why things are working out for them. When we believe the Word, when we receive the Word into our spirit man, and we apply the Word to our life, the devil knows he's not going to be able to trip you up. You see, reading the Word is one thing. Reading the Word is one thing, but you've got to apply the Word. Never mind the kids. Don't let the kids distract you. It's a trap. Leave the kids alone. The enemy knows when you get into the word, he's not going to be able to trip. Anybody ever been paranoid? Put your hand up if you've ever been paranoid. God bless some honest people in the house this morning. If you've been paranoid and you're watching online, hit I've been paranoid. Just type it. I've been, three words. I've been paranoid. See, paranoia is another thing that will destroy your life. It'll destroy your relationship with the Lord Jesus. Here's a question. Have you ever had somebody talk about you behind your back? Show me your hands. Ever had anybody slag you off behind your back? Who told you? Well, they were talking about you behind your back. So who told you? Who told you somebody was talking about you behind your back? Was it a family member or a friend or a neighbor? Or maybe somebody who thought they were just, you know, trying to look after you. But somebody told you because you didn't know because it was behind your back. See, here's the thing. When they tell you that somebody is talking about you behind your back, are they looking after you? Or are they trying to get the talkers in trouble? Or are they planting the seed of paranoia in your life? It will not and does not benefit anybody to know that somebody is talking about them behind your back. It doesn't benefit anybody. It doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't do anything. Dave, there's some kids come in. Dave, there's some kids come in you couldn't go and see. Thanks, bro. Like for toxic, if I went across to Linda, don't worry about the kids coming. And leave, them, leave them alone. Focus on me. Never worry. Dave's a big lad. He can handle some teenagers. Get them in to hear the word. 
If I was to go to Linda and say, Linda, bless you, darling. Just, just some things I want to share with you. You know, last week in the reception, after church, I, I heard, some, heard some people so-and-so talking about you. They were saying things like, you know, I don't like Linda too much. I don't like Linda. She, uh, she's not a very nice person. Doesn't really talk to anybody. Doesn't, does, doesn't do those kinds of things. She shouldn't really be in the positions that she's in in the church. And, and, and Linda, they said that, that, that somebody else could do a better job than you. Now, I'm only telling you because I love you. And I want you to protect yourself, so just be careful and cautious about what you say around them in the future because they haven't got your back. And I think it's inappropriate that somebody should be talking about a church director like that. So that's why I'm telling you. Now, do you see the seeds that's just been planted there? See, I'm making it sound to her as if I'm doing her a favor by telling her, but I'm not doing her a favor by telling her. I am planting seeds in her life. Now, Linda's a strong Christian, but she's also a human being. Now, she's going to be cautious around so-and-so. She's going to watch what she says around so-and-so. Now, it seems to me in this situation, Satan didn't pl- the enemy didn't plant the seeds. I planted the seeds. Because I overheard someone talking about Linda, and I passed it on to her. I planted the seed, but you can take it to the bank that the enemy is going <laughs> to the enemy is going to have a field day with that, and he's going to use that for his own purpose, and he's going to continue to remind Linda of what I said to her. And every time she sees so and so, she's going to wonder to herself, "I wonder what they're saying about me now. I wonder if they're going around the church bad mouthing me." I wonder if they even want to talk to me. I wonder if they even like me. That was a bad seed planted by me and not the enemy. Now, of course, Linda is amazing and everybody loves Linda. Let's encourage Linda, shall we? Woo-hoo! I did ask her permission to use her in that analogy. No one has been talking about her. But, uh, but so, yes, so bless you, Linda. Thank you. Guys, stop giving the enemy all the credit. We need to stop giving the enemy all the glory. The damage that we can cause to people's lives is our fault. But we seem to blame the enemy for it. And that is where our difficulty is coming from. How much harm are we causing ourselves by doing these little things? Because sin is sin is sin is sin. And we sin every time we do things like that. When I tell Linda that people are talking about her, that's gossip. That's sin. And if we have sin in our lives then God is not able to bless us the way he wants to bless us. So we have got to get rid of it. And how do we do that? By watching what we say. See, the the word of God says that the tongue has got the power to bless, but it's also got the power to curse. If you hear somebody talking about somebody, why not go to that person? Say, hey, hey, uh, 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 uh." what are you doing talking about somebody who's not here to defend themselves? Ask him, is that a very Christian thing to do? Ask them why are they breaking God's laws by talking about somebody behind their back. This is just by way of example, but there's, there's many ways that gossip can spread, but we've got to put a stop to it. If someone comes to you to gossip, go, ah! Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Because I didn't know about you, but they see in the world out there, Everybody's talking about everybody. I mean, you go on to the, no, the, no, the, no, the, the, the Facebook thing when the prime minister comes on to make his announcements. Read some of the comments. Actually, don't read the comments. 
Everybody's talking about everybody and saying bad things about everybody and running everybody down every, everywhere. There's always somebody saying something bad about somebody. And you see, whenever we listen to what they're saying, then we are partaking in that sin. We've got to give a godly rebuke in the name of the Lord Jesus. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 6 says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Do not join with them. Do not agree with them. Don't even listen to them. Because I don't know about you, but my relationship with Jesus is more important than what you have to say. So if you pick up and you listen to the bad things that some people say, you know what that's called? That's called offense. And offense is another device of the enemy. He'll use offense to bring you down. You know the worst kind of offense? Secondhand offense. Secondhand offense is awful. If I was to go home to V and say, you wouldn't believe what Linda said about me today. And I told V that Linda was slagging me off. Well, V is not offended at Linda. V will get angry at Linda. V will get upset. At, even though she wasn't in there, V will get upset at Linda because of what Linda hurt me. It's called secondhand offense. And that is a sin, guys. That is a sin. You've got to let that stuff go. You've got to let that stuff go. Because every time somebody says something bad about you, it'll stick to you like mud and it'll drag you down and it'll pull you down until you forgive them and let them go. Now, you might not ever forget about what they said. But the Bible doesn't say forget. The Bible just says to forgive. Say amen to that, church. God will do the rest. Listen, informed Christians do not have to be in a position to be caught off guard. Satan's advantages is based on us being ignorant of his devices. That's why I'm trying to make you aware this morning of all the ways that Satan can get into our lives and destroy our relationship with God if we allow him. But if we are aware of his methods, if we are aware of the methods that Satan uses to lead us astray, then we can resist him. We can resist him and he'll flee from us. And do you know Satan's, this is, this is amazing, Satan's devices have been the exact same since the fall. He's using the exact same tactics as was he used at the fall. If you look at 1 John chapter 2, 15 to 17, it talks about the devices of the enemy. It says the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Satan used these tactics against Eve in the garden. It says what she saw was good for food. That's the lust of the flesh. What she saw was pleasant to the eyes. That was the lust of the eyes. And what she saw was desirable to make one wise. That's the pride of life. And he used those to keep her away from God's best for her life. And the enemy used the exact same tactics to Jesus in Jesus' day. He just changed them around a little bit to make them more appealing to who he was talking to. He said, command these stones to be made bread. That's the lust of the flesh. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. That's the pride of life. All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. That's the lust of the eyes. And today, Satan is using the exact same tactics with a vengeance, tempting you and I through immorality, which is the lust of the flesh, materialism, which is the lust of the eyes, and arrogance, which is the pride of life. It's the exact same tactics. They're just pampered up and changed around to look good to people. 
He can use all kinds of things against us. In fact, he can use everything against us. Self-interest, TV, friends, computers, family, bad weather, good. It doesn't matter. He can use everything against us. Here's another ploy to keep the Christian away from his high calling. And that is keeping us away from church. Not talking about what we're going through in this temporal pandemic. This This is just temporal. Yes, we haven't got the whole church gathering together, but that's because of the, 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 the coronavirus. It's temporal. But what is it in general that keeps us away from church? In general. See, if we're saved and born again by the Spirit of God and the Holy Ghost is, is living on the inside of us, we better have a really good reason, a really good excuse for missing the coming together of God's people. Because if we miss the coming together of God's people, then we are opening up ourselves to the devices of the enemy. You'll feel weak. You'll feel spiritually starved. You'll not be able to stand up against the wiles of, of, of the evil one. And if you think you're okay, you're deceiving yourself. You are deceiving yourself. Don't believe me? Try having one meal a week. See how that affects you. See, God's given us a body and a spirit, and both body and spirit need nourishment. We need to get to as many meetings as we can. We need to get to as many meetings as we can. Now, if you want to know how to defeat the enemy before he gets a hold of our lives, then we've got to saturate ourselves with the word of God. There is no other way. You will not be victorious any other way. You've got to saturate yourself in the word of God. This is how Jesus overcame his temptation from the enemy. Note what he said every time he was tempted. He said, it is written. He defeated the enemy with the word of God. Saying, dear devil, please leave me alone. He's not going to cut it. 1 John 2.15 says, you cannot be a friend of the world and maintain friendship with God. By saturating ourselves with the word of God and being strong in our love for him, we will effectively submit to, <laughs> submit to him and be able to resist him, causing him to flee. James 4, 7. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you want to have the blessings of God poured out over your life, if you want to walk and move and breathe and function in the will of God for your life, then you've got to become a serious Bible reader. See, the enemy's going to put all kinds of mountains in your way. So high that you can't get over them, so wide that you can't get around. There's a song about that in there. But I assure you guys, if you focus on the things that you might consider small and get those things out of your life, get them out of your life, rid yourself of them. God will not only bring you around the mountain or over the mountain, but he's going to bring you straight through the middle of the mountain and you're going to come out the other side more alert and more alive and more powerful than you've ever been in your entire life. Because nothing is impossible with God. See, Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let me ask you, do you think that it's acceptable and perfect to God 
to miss church. See, that's a device of the enemy. Do you think it's acceptable and perfect to God to talk about somebody behind your back? That's a device of the enemy. Do you think it's acceptable and perfect to God to plant seeds in the lives of other people? That is a device of the enemy. Do you think it's acceptable and perfect to God to accept all these wee little sins and just, and just live with them? That is a device of the enemy. Do you think it's acceptable and perfect to God to receive all the things that the enemy throws at us? That is a device of the enemy. And we need to be aware of all of his devices if we are ever going to rid ourselves of these. The ones that we admit that we have a problem with and the ones that we don't. When we fall into the snares of the devil, we are giving somebody who is lesser than us authority over our lives. Guys, he's under our feet. He's under our feet. Give God the glory. Amen. Now let's not think that Satan's going to give up easily because he's always other devices up his sleeve. And just before the band comes, let me just read this last scripture before I get off the platform. It's in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 13. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the evil one. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. You see, there's a lie. There's a lie that's going about the churches. And the lie is this. Live how you want, do what you want, Jesus loves you anyway, crack on. It's a lie. Yes, he loves you, but you cannot do what you want. We have to be aware of these little sin ploys that the enemy sneaks into our lives. And one by one, I'm not saying go home and, 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 and turn into like Gandhi. I'm saying go home, think about your life, think about what you do, think about your actions, your attitude, your mindset, and take one thing that you know is wrong, one thing that you know is a negative, and work on that one thing until it's gone out of your life. And then when that's gone, go and find another. Believe me, we could spend the rest of our lives finding them, as can I. But we've got to work on them, or we'll never be what God wants us to be. We'll just keep on being the same old, same old, going through the same motions and wondering why other people's getting blessed and we're not. It's because we have this little sin ploy mentality and we have things in our lives, all of us. It's not a condemnation message. It's to make you aware of what the devil is doing in your life because we don't want them to work like that in our lives. Let's get rid of it. Let's be all that God wants us to be for his glory. In Jesus' name. Because we have got a very full, packed, jam-packed year. We've got to make up for 2020. So when this restriction lifts, we're going to hit the road running. And we need everybody to get involved. In Jesus' name. God bless you. I hope you've been encouraged. Let's, let's worship, guys.